Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meet Gistics podcast. Now, before we get into anything, we're going to have a guest next week. Um, are you going to be there? Are you going to be here for that? I don't know. Who's the guest? Uh, the lady who's opening the huge oh, yeah. processing plant. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have an interesting guest for you next week. Um, we have restarted our Willet Barbecue. Unfortunately, it released today. Um, it's Willet Barbecue Beaver Tail. If you listened to last week's podcast, you already know our thoughts on it, but it's eight minutes of watching Austin almost throw up. That ended up to being eight minutes. Eight minutes. We kept <laughs> as much as possible every time you got up to go spit. <laughs> Did you swallow a single piece of that? No, I yeah, could no, not. not I, a single piece. I'm telling you, into that evening, I could feel it still like coating my teeth. I brushed my teeth, but it still like didn't do it. Didn't get it all clear. Um, finally, some Listerine got it all out. Was that the same day that you took the the sugar blocker su supplement thing? No. No, sugar blocker was... What was that? Was that the week before? It must have been the week before. Okay. Must have been the week before. God, I wish I had taken that sugar blocker. Well, no, because it wasn't even the taste that was necessarily bad. It just tasted like fat in the seasoning. It was the texture. Yeah, it was It was texture. Because like we said, coffee tasted worse when we did that wheel of barbecue. I would agree. But the texture just... Beer tasted oh. way worse. But it was just liquid. Who yeah. Cares about it? Actually, what tasted worse, the coffee or the beer? I can't remember. Beer was so long ago. Oh... Beer, I don't know. T to me, beer might have been worse because you're expecting such a good it flavor. Good. And coffee, I mean, I like coffee, but yeah. it's not like you don't drink it and go, oh, this is so good. Right. You can do that with beer. Yes. Coffee was bad, but I don't know. It could have been technically worse, but I'd probably, I might say the beer is worse. Yeah. You know what's crazy? The, the things you just listed, if they were ice cream, you'd be the exact opposite. You're like, oh, coffee flavored ice cream. Fantastic. Beer, beer flavored, flavored ice cream. Not, <laughs> it depends on not what it good. is because yeah. like the faux coffee flavor, I think we're all fans of now by the, the mocha or the Java, whatever. Sure. I think that to me, I'd rather have that than beer, but the funness that happens after beer, you kind of associate great flavors, great taste, great time. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm more and more almost exclusively drinking sours nowadays we're getting very sidetracked but that's okay Whatever. uh i would actually slightly argue that beer is not good in ice cream it depends on what type of that's beer what, yeah we that's what that. we said is it oh okay yeah, sorry i missed no, something we were there. on the same yeah. okay no, no, no. we're well, good no, beer I, ice yeah. cream would be well, fairly well i just thought it was funny because you're like well of course of course i'd rather have the flavor of beer than coffee and i went well unless it was <laughs> in ice cream patrick just gotcha. had to contrary okay um, so go check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. It's also on Meatistics. Uh, it's Willet Barbecue, Willet Barbecue Beaver Tail. We're going to do one of those a month. Um, Travis is pretty much demanding that we do Snake next. So Travis Frank. Uh -huh. So I figure Snake uh -huh. is a fairly safe one. I mean, it's just, it's a way more regular protein. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like the whole concept of Snake. I don't like snakes. <laughs> To have to put one in my mouth is not going to be a pleasant experience. No, you, you're winning. You're eating them. Yes. You're the murder. You've you're, killed it. Yeah. I still feel like it's going to come back alive and like bite me. <laughs> oh, God, no. I, well, well, who knows? When we eat the shark, if I have a mental breakdown, we'll, well, yeah. we'll know I unfortunately, or not. As soon as we started this, I, I a story came across where some kid, this isn't new or anything, some kid like ate a slug at a party yep. and then like a one in... 
something million chance of it, it developing a parasite in his brain and then taking him over. And then like, he got completely just, he couldn't move below the neck and ended up dying like five months later. And Don't ever like, eat slugs. Oh, I they think they're not. all poisonous to some, or yeah, poisonous to some level. Don't got to twist my arm, but have, listeners, if you're out there, just say no to slugs. Just say no to slugs. <laughs> now, speaking of slugs and other weird things, this is something that Andy gave me a long time ago. I have, it looks like it's a beef stew. So that's what we're going to go with. All of the instructions, all of the everything are in Japanese, I believe. Um, he had a, uh, a baseball player from Japan staying with him uh, while they were in town doing something. And he left some of this food behind. So that looks like a beef stew to me. Yeah, the website's Japanese. So it's definitely Japanese. Yeah. It just says, it says curry on the front. So I was like, well, maybe it's something else, but no, it's definitely Japanese. The website is a Japanese website. The, uh, cooking instructions. I'm assuming that that one was two minutes and that one was a minute and 30. That's what it yeah. looks like. That's what uh, that's so I, I just went with two minutes anyways. So it smells. It looks like Salisbury steak gravy. Yeah. It just smells like a, like a beef stew. So I want to try it real quick. And Oh, that's, that's thick. Yeah. And it's got potatoes in there, so I've got to be careful to avoid those. Oh, yeah. Do I have meat or potato there? I, I don't know that there's a way to tell. They all look very similar. Okay. Yeah, that's very tasty. That's good. So. Heavy on. What is that? Umami. It's a strong umami flavor. Oh, but it. Cumin and cinnamon, like something. Yeah, there's some cumin in there. I don't know about cinnamon. I get kind of a cinnamon. I don't know. Can, Unfortunately, can, can you read the ingredients for absolutely us? Absolutely not. There is no English on this at all. That's how you know that it's authentic. There is. Show me where there's English. Oh, household foods. That's it. Yeah, just, Everything the, just the website. I, I like this though. I'm a fan. I've always wondered what, how, how do you use a computer in like Japan, China, places where their language is like all characters, not letters? Do they? That's a great question. How, how do they have, have no a keyboard? Idea. It must be a keyboard of characters. No, I don't know. But there's every word is like a different character and like a little tiny change to it makes it something different. I don't know. We should ask, uh, uh, Johnny. Uh, if okay. Could take a picture of his keyboard. Yeah. We just out of curiosity, we want to see what his keyboard that, looks like. I'm, I'm or we could probably. Yeah. I guess we have the internet. We could Google it. Nah, is that as much fun? And not everything you get on the internet is right, anyways. Well, especially if you use Bing like John all the time, because that is the world's worst search engine. Hey, that is <laughs> we directly from our uh, Emperor Austin. We, I mean, you can use a different search engine, but personally, I've been using other things besides google more um why it's perfect trying to it's been going good it's even a verb now i use yeah. only the brave browser on my phone now but we use edge for the browser on stuff just because it is linked to our microsoft account everything we do internally here's microsoft it just it's it's better there but the browser or the browser is one thing the they browser is just normally tied to the search engine they but. won't let you well they'll let you change your homepage, but they won't let you change what happens when you new tab it or at the bar at the very top, that automatically goes to Bing. So I just think a couple of jack wagons over there. Google does yeah. the same thing though. 
well, I want that. I don't want it. <laughs> it's <Bing. laughs> literally the exact same John, thing, just a I, different service. Yeah. No, okay. it, dude, you yield different results. Like stuff that's a oh, slam yeah, 100%. dunk. 100%. Stuff that's a slam dunk. Like, oh, I've looked that up in the past. Let me click, single click away. Bing, it is page two. Page, like you don't yep. even know where you're at. Sometimes. The difference in our search results from Bing to yeah. Google is significant. <laughs> now, part of that is the webmaster tools. When we switched over to waltons.com, and I don't even know if Bing was ever searching correctly, waltonsinc.com. It might not have been because looking at what, what was out there, uh-huh. and I, I, I don't know, a lot of that's on me because I swear I did some stuff on it that when we were looking at it, I'm like, I don't, nah, I, don't know, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on there. So beyond that though, um, what it was showing was our initial, like when we were testing our last one, the one that we yeah. moved off of. When we were testing it, like not on it yet, that's what Bing was searching. Yeah. So it would show like things that you could kind of get to, but you couldn't do anything with. You can never place an order. So we did try to fix Bing about a month ago, and hopefully it's starting to come around. Um, but yeah, pain in the butt. Okay. Uh, Pause for a second. All right. So Bratfest. Our Bratfest hats have come in. So these are non-stock supplies, so they are not going to be available on the website, only available on the day of the event here at Walton's. Um, I think it's technically more of like a trucker hat. Kind of, yeah. What would you yeah. call that, Patrick? Patrick's it's, the hat It's, it's a expert. fringe. <laughs> well, when you're going bald at such a young age, when uh, it's got a, it, it's a foam uh, touch to it, but not too uh, foamy, not too malleable, if that right. makes sense. So it has a uh, more of the structure that we're used to, but a touch more rounded at the top. So we were talking about this the other day in the office where it's like the slope of the hat is a touch um, steeper, I believe, but nothing to like only 10% more maybe, but yeah, it, I mean, it's good. We have Fits all, all well. different size he, uh, heads around here yep. and it's depth wise. It's good. And it doesn't crown up too much for sure. It doesn't look like a new era fitted or anything, but and yeah. it's got our, our Walton's Bratfest uh, logo. And I believe this is just, this is a heat transfer because there's too much detail to really do in a, yeah, a screen printing. Yeah. Pat made that logo. Yep. I think from looks scratch, pretty awesome. So, yeah. Looks good. So we're doing Bratfest. Uh, it's August 20th. We started doing, uh, we're going to do two a week taste testing, different brats that we have. Uh, Justin, our social media guy, Patrick and I just cook some up. We set the camera, the cell phone camera over there and we just sit down and talk about it, eat it, try it. So hopefully it'll drive some interest. We have actually, did you pay attention to how many tickets we sold today? Oh yeah. They've been flying. Today. Yeah. They've been flying. Yeah. In, so. I, which is exciting because like, it's a month it's a month out so something about a month out it must like automatically get more push from facebook Could event be. bright different Could social be. media stuff but for or, the first month i was looking at it going i mean i just i w i wanted to like pre-sell like a thousand tickets yeah, uh, and i'm like at this rate it's not happening if we keep going like this yeah we could we will we'll pre-sell 500 may probably not a thousand but we're still expecting to sell over a thousand tickets in total yeah. but um, there's, yeah, lots of people buying tickets already now. Now it could also be that video that the three of us did. That's what I'm going <laughs> to chalk it up to. Um, but yeah, so that's August 20th. We'll have some stuff, social media. We'll do a bunch of other stuff on it. This is the Walton's quick patty maker. This attaches to your Walton stuffer, really any stuffer. 
uh, any grinder. It's got all sorts of different attachments for it. One of the things that a bunch of people on Meatgistics kept asking for was an insert into it so that we could do breakfast sausage seasoning or breakfast sausage patties. I tried a bunch of different things a couple of years ago, different inserts that you like just make yourself and put in there and just never worked even remotely well. Well, the people who make that for us are willing to create a new mold that will be smaller, specifically for uh, breakfast patty size. We're going back and forth right now on what to do with the width. I think the most likely thing is it's just going to stay the current width um, and then the diameter will decrease. Oh, you mean like height of the patty? Yes, the height of the width, patty. The height. diameter will be smaller. The height, I guess, of the patty will be uh, smaller. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, will be the same. Yeah, a little little, little thick for breakfast sausage, but to be honest, not a big deal. If Yeah, just take something and Press smash it down, it down yep. a little bit more. Yep. Uh, uh, Andy and I were even talking about, well, can them, if we did it that way, could we market it as like a smash burger thing too? But it's, there's, there's too much. There, there's too many different things to do. So we're probably not going to do that. So probably in the next few months, uh, if you were looking for an insert into your quick patty maker that will do breakfast sausage, we should have that. Okay. This came up on Meatgistics. This is something that I take. Here's what happened. Somebody started talking on Meatgistics about uh, mushroom brats. I'm not a mushroom fan. But I very much recognize that mushrooms have a significant umami flavor, right? So they started doing that and it just jumped in my mind that I take this, which is a, a mushroom, it's cordyceps. Um, I take it on days that I'm going to do legs. Just gives a little bit extra boost. Um, so I thought, ooh, I know what that tastes like. And that does taste like umami. So... Could I mix that with ultimate steak and roast rub on a steak and get like a little bit more beefy flavor? <laughs> so I've got a steak uh, defrosting at home. So that's what I'm going to try tonight. All well and good. Great idea. Happy. Like, you know, I take, I eat spoonfuls of this. I just glass of water to, to wash it down. Doesn't taste bad. Tastes fine. Um, you're welcome to try some if you want. I just got to see what the texture is. It's very, very fine. Like incredibly fine. Yeah, that seems like you could choke and die on nope, that by putting a spoon It's like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Is this clean? No. If we had a clean spoon, I would say you could put it in your spoon. It's it not like, it doesn't get up in the air. Huh. Maybe it's dense. I don't know. But it doesn't do that. So mention this on Meatgistics and then process head just said, I'd not heard of cordyceps till now. I just Googled it. Most of the references were for dietary supplements, not as food per se. Researching where it comes from is not exactly for the faint of heart. Wow. So I went and researched where cordyceps mushrooms come from. I was oh, that's under gross. the impression that it was just a mushroom. No, it is apparently a mix of a fungus, which mushroom, and caterpillars. Uh-huh. What have I been eating? All it says on the back is other ingredients, none, free of sugar, soy, dairy, yeast, gluten, or additives. Um, and the only 
everything it says on here is cordyceps, whole plant. That's it. So is, are the caterpillars maybe just like on the mushrooms? It's like how they say a certain number of maggots can make it into orange juice. They're obviously not cultivating the maggots, but if that's the case, I'll be a lot happier. Yeah. So it, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. You just don't want to know. I don't want to Ignorance know. is bliss. Very much so. So we're going to leave it at that, but I am going to try that uh, on a steak. We're going to mix up that in the ultimate steak and roast rub, grill it up, see how it is. Great. All right. So uh, we asked our commercial salesman a while ago to start letting us know when they had new plants that were opening up so that we can talk about them on the podcast so that people in the area of there can get familiar with the plant that is going to be opening. And also, so hopefully uh, that plant can hear them talked about on the, the podcast and generate a little bit of back and forth goodwill. Um, the first one we have is something called Crow Creek Sioux Tribe or CCST Hunk Potty Processors. Now they're in Highmore, South Dakota. Um, they've got a pretty, pretty cool logo. It looks like they're going to be doing both beef and bison, which is awesome. There's some questions right now if it's going to be just for tribal members or if they're going to open it up to the public. If I had to guess, based on talking to Stephen about how a lot of the tribal processing places do it down in Oklahoma, I would guess that it's going to be open to both eventually. That's, may- yeah, that's what it sounds like to me is that it 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 will ev- it will eventually be open to the public, but just like a staged rollout, staged opening, which makes sense. I mean. If you have the ability to to do a almost like a soft opening with members of a smaller community, it's going to go better. You can kind of work out the bugs as you're doing other things or as you're going. Sorry. All right. Anything else before meat matters? Nope. I have a feeling this is going to be a short one today. Oop. Moved that incorrectly. All right. So first thing, Texas Agriculture Daily. Drought liquidate or drought forcing liquidation of texas cow herds it says beef cow slaughter has been running over eighty thousand head a week we've had several weeks in a row over that level and that's the biggest cow slaughter in a decade possible short-term dip in beef prices with a lot of these flooding to market but they even talk about in the article what happened in like 2013 14 and some of 15 is the same thing that's going to happen here. Beef prices are going to go through the roof over the next couple of years because a lot oh, of yeah. it, it, it's going to take time to rebuild these herds. It's not like it's just you, oh, you know, we processed more last month. We'll have extras. No, it takes three to five years. Yeah. Out of all your protein types, beef is the hardest to recover from yep. uh, when you have, yeah, a dip in the population. But yeah, that with with how many are going to be slaughtered right now, one would hope that there's a price decrease yeah, who um, knows? a little bit, but yeah, afterwards it'll, it'll skyrocket. Yep. Um, so now would be a perfect time to buy a Walton's chambered vacuum sealer. They are on sale, $824, buy half a beef and sock a, bu- I should probably buy a whole beef and sock a bunch away for the next year and a half, which is really all a, a beef would last me at least. <laughs> so. You, you, 
you, How quickly you probably could I eat, eat as, a whole beef? You probably eat as much beef as like the average American family of four. Yeah, that's probably true. Maybe more. That's probably true. That's why I'm so red, white, and blue. It's just <laughs> coming out my pores. Uh, but yeah, so keep an eye on that. Uh, beef prices hopefully dropping in the short term, but most likely going up and up and up. Uh, there's this website that I keep going back to. It's eatthis.com. Uh, their whole thing is eat this, not that. This is the unhealthiest steak to order, says a dietitian. Any guesses on what it is? I mean, I, I would assume a ribeye because it's going to be the fattiest. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? This person should go find a new profession. A, fat's not bad for you. B, don't talk bad about my ribeyes. Hold on, let me write this down. This sounds they are <laughs> they are the best of all the steaks and I'm not interested in so really had, having so that conversation. So I had last night. Ribeye? Well, yeah, we went yeah. to Longhorn Steakhouse. They're amazing. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to... She goes, what do you get here? I go, I get the same thing every time. I get a ribeye. She goes, why is that? I was like, because it's the best steak. It has the most fat. I don't know why you wouldn't want it. <laughs> it definitely has the most flavor in my opinion. Um, it might not be the most... It's not the most tender, but as long as you cook it right, it's perfectly tender. And what's funny, even like the parts that are like not chewable, so to speak, like, a, you know, for a restaurant steak... They're almost often the most flavorful because it's the most fat on it. So yeah. You're just sitting there chewing. You're like, this is still, I'm chewing. Hey, it's, I don't have an eating disorder. I'm just so spitting the, this fat out right now. The two most in shape people I know, we've had them over for dinner a bunch of times. And every time I've cooked them a ribeye, I've my never, one rule is you I've can, been over to your I'll office. cook you a steak. Just any like little trimmings, my dogs get to eat. Like, And so we're getting towards the point where I'm getting ready to give my dogs some of like the trimmings. I look over, they had eaten every speck of fat. Every, there was literally nothing left on the plate. They're like, I can lick the plates if they want. Yeah, but nice. I'm like, yeah, okay. So yeah, fat, how, how not necessarily bad for you. How are they prepping steaks at a place like that where they're just turning out steaks? They're not doing reverse sears or anything like that. They're right? probably sous vide them. So, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sous vide them. Yeah, they probably do them it. off to temp or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, you can hold them all at like just before uh, rare. Yeah. And rare, you just throw on the grill for a minute interesting and then other ones you just keep on the grill just a little bit longer it yeah. just makes the whole process easier i would think i would guess somewhere around 110 degrees is you, probably what to keep it at so the average consumer i mean i don't even know if they know what sous vide is at this point i like we're kind of biased because we've been close to it oh i think it's a lot more common now sure. but would you think they would be surprised at learning that that a steakhouse would actually sous vide their steak i don't know Oh, that'd be a good. I think it also probably depends on the level of the steakhouse. Like if you went to yeah Morton's and that was what is Morton's? sous vide as a real fancy steakhouse, um, I would think they would. I would be surprised that they were doing it. But like a see, chain like that, no. Nah. See, I don't know because well, I mean, when I heard sous vide, it almost it almost seems fancy, right? It seems very upper echelon. Where a place like that would. Not you know, but because they don't want the flame going, they don't want the sizzle in the back. It's a whole thing, you know what I mean? But yeah, you go to a, like a chop house or something. It's you'd be like, oh, they, we're not cooking our steaks in water. You know, they'd almost be very. So I could see it both ways, though. Like, yeah, one, you one, definitely see it both ways. My opinion, sous vide's main uh, advantage is that you you're not going to overcook it. No mm -hmm. matter, it's never going to get hotter than the water it's in. So if you're like. No, you're trying to prep for a bunch of people or like, all right, 
I want to come right back from whatever I'm going out to do and basically just throw them on the grill and have them done yeah. in like a minute. That's the way to do it. Other than that, reverse zero imparts more flavor. You remember the one of the last catered events we went to uh, when we were out of town? We could tell all the steaks were sous vide. Well, A, because it's the amount of people that had steak in that in that room. That oh, we went yeah, to. yeah, yeah. But yep. then at the very end of it, and we assume where the, the bag was actually probably sticking out of water, yep. it was less tender yep. than the rest of the steak. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely possible. Or definitely was what happened. Uh, and then you went and saw Tool? Oh, yeah. Tool. Yeah. Greatest. Patrick concert. was very happy. About yeah. Oh, my God. We were standing on the floor. I was like, <laughs> almost like a couple roadies went by. Something, something Tool. Then John's laughing. He goes, you hear Tool's playing here? I go, what, the city? He's like, yeah, I guess. And I Googled it that night. No, no, no. The building we're in. And I was like, oh, I got to get a ticket to that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much perfect timing. Um, all right. So next article is global animal slaughter statistics and charts from twenty or 2022 update. So the big one is obviously I copied the the chart over and it's kind of a stupid chart. Well, because the lowest line by far is chicken. Chicken is lower than everything else. And then you read in the article a little bit and it says, no, chickens are slaughtered in such high numbers that prop to properly show them on their chart, <laughs> each unit represents a thousand animals. So that red line in the bottom is actually a thousand times higher, higher than all the other ones. That's <laughs> insane. So it's off the charts, literally off the charts. Um, the interesting thing about that is look at sheep, look at cows and look at chicken from 1962 to now an increase but not dramatic at all very steady couple ups and downs in there pigs the increase Crazy. in pig is 10 times what it is in cows uh sheep or chickens like a 400 percent increase in in pigs but only a oh 50 increase in cows over 60 years, basically. That, that's crazy. It's crazy. How's how's lamb doing? Do we eat a lot of lamb as a as a nation? Because, uh, I mean, for that's, me, sheep and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah. but when I go to a restaurant, it's like you don't see. Yeah, I'm surprised sheep is that high. Like, that's darn near twice as many cows. I know they're a lot smaller. Very, yeah. But still, like. Do we eat? I, That's what I'm I don't know. I don't personally eat any. So it's like, do you guys? I don't know the last time I ate sheep. Like well, lamb. Lamb sheep. Lamb whatever. chops or whatever. Yeah. We had some here when we did spiceology. Other than that, I've never even eaten it. They're always in the grocery store. Like they're literally always there. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably you regional. Can't, you can't get it at Applebee's. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Probably you go not. Sit down at a restaurant. Not. There's only a few places in town that you can go, like, oh, get lamb chops at. Okay, but think about it. A, um, the makeup of the country has definitely changed in the last like 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. So you have more Middle Eastern, and that is a huge staple of their diet. Um, so it might just not be part of our yeah. community, but it's bigger Total than other If it's not in our community, it's not real. Okay. <laughs> well, that's Fair enough. Saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a big enough number to, to go like, <clears throat> well, if people are eating it at that rate, and I don't personally help add to that number it's right. just like something's different. you liked it though i really did enjoy yeah. it yeah maybe i just need to uh expand go to, your go palate to, yeah maybe go to medis or something or also whatever. we need to get you to the point where you don't order steaks at steakhouses anymore oh well i don't live with you so i can't have the 
the best steak ever all the but time. But you so. can. <laughs> I'm not going to buy Through it. osmosis, you should know I how can, to make. I know how to make. I just don't, you know, I don't want to ha- turn this into like me not wanting to cook my own food again <laughs> for 20 minutes. But, you know, I did the rising cost of just even, even fast food in general. It's easier to palate when you think of it like just cut the number in half. Say I got a, uh, I got like a burger, fries and drink the other day. It was 13 even. From? Burger King. This is with medium sizes. What? Yeah, thirteen. That's insane. Even like there's no added anything. But what makes it easier to <laughs> digest is if you think, well, I'm just paying a guy seven fifty to make it, and then the other half is the meal. So it's like it, okay. it makes it easier in my yeah, head yeah, to go yeah. like I like I'd pay someone five bucks. Hey, can you make this for me really quick? And it's already a prepared meal. And then it's just like oh, okay. Then I guess the rest of the meal is only like six or seven bucks. All right, so it's a decent that's decent way to look at it. I'm tricking myself. Sure, that it shouldn't <laughs> sure. Be reality. But it's no, it's. I mean, you're paying for the employees there as well. So that. That makes some sense. That yeah, but it if shouldn't. Fast food has really gone up that much. People need to increase the amount that they're cooking at home. I went there for a five five dollar meal. Uh-huh. Didn't see it on the menu. Panicked and just chose a number. <laughs> Do you guys not panic order at places? <laughs> oh yeah, there's like yeah. a time limit in your head. You yep. go. I've been here twenty see, seconds too long. Yep, I've left go. places before. I go. Sorry, I I couldn't. And I just leave. <laughs> it's I like cold. wave. Yeah, it's called fast food. If you don't order in like 30 seconds, like it feels like there's a, a gun to your head. Yep. And it's like, you better make a decision or get out. You need to be moved along. I was at Arby's. I, I go, you know what? They didn't have the two items I went there to get. Like, those are the things they went, yeah, we don't sell those anymore. And it was like the ultimate fries and like a, a, a pizza slider. And I go, you know what? I really wanted that. I think I'm just going to go somewhere else. Sure. I'm now stuck in the drive-thru because the guy, there's th- <laughs> three people in front of me and now the guy behind me is ordering and I am, there's no lane to Way go out. around. So I stood, I stood in line for 20 minutes, <laughs> stood, set my car for 20 minutes, then drive away just to just come back here mad. <laughs> so the, the go or the moral of that story is don't eat fast food. Don't, yeah. Or just, you know what? Once you're there, Right. Make, make a decision. <laughs> yep. Just go with it. Go with it. So we need to check out and see what the price of lamb or sheep, whatever, however you want to call it, whatever it is per mm. pound. And we need to try making like lamb sausage. If there's that many sheep slaughtered across the U.S. every year, is it a viable alternative? And does it taste decent? Like would it, would it, So it's probably, would it compare more to beef or pork? So this is global. Oh, is this global? This is global. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that lesson. I thought it was across the U.S. And I'm like, that's insane. That even lessens our interest in it. We're like, ah, lamb sausage. Who cares about that? Well, did we not make a lamb sausage? I feel like we did. You could tell me. Maybe. (laughs) You you could tell me. I (laughs) thought we did like the Mediterranean sausage. I thought we did that in lamb. Mm. I'm pretty sure we did. question. I'm pretty sure we did. And it was nothing special. I didn't think it, at least anyways. We'll look it up. Well, what would we have put on top of that one? Hummus or something? I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, there was the Mediterranean sausage seasoning. Oh, and it just we happened to use ground up some lamb oh. and used it. I'm pretty sure. Thinking of other things to make sausage out of, and we talked about Bratfest earlier. How was your reaction to uh, making some of our Bratfest stuff out of beef? Or have you not been? No, back I did. In the loop? I responded okay. with the the two that I would thought would be good. Um, I was expecting some sort of pushback from you. No, no I, I don't care. Dylan's making it. Right? I think That's so. That's still the... Yeah. I know it's not. Um, beef is fine with a, a sausage. 
there are a few, very, very few snack sticks that I like beef better in than pork. Tacos. Um, tacos, definitely one of, uh, no, fajita. Mine was taco. Oh, uh, was it? Personally, oh, okay. I like taco. Both those probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like Both fajita good. better. Uh, the habanero barbecue is also excellent with beef, like really, really good. Um, I just did some out of uh, the pepper stick, but I bought pre-ground beef because mm. I didn't feel like grinding anything. Boy, that's a huge mistake. <laughs> don't, don't, like the tubes of ground beef, do not buy those to make snack sticks out of. It is not good. You know, it's already, A, it's been overworked before it even gets to you, and B, to say that that's not like the prime cuts is putting it very mildly. The amount of connective tissue in that was just insane. Is there a bacon cheeseburger flavored anything that we have, sausage and or snack stick? We have bacon and we have cheeseburger. Yeah. I don't think we have a bacon cheeseburger. I like where this is going. Both together. So the cheeseburger cheddar worst. And then what? And then you just add some bacon to it. Do you think the bacon would probably overpower that cheeseburger cheddar worst? I don't no. think so. No, it's got a really strong cheese. I don't know. It just hit me. I was like, they have everything else. Like, like you said, cheeseburger, cheddar worse. I was like, how come they don't just have a bacon cheese? I mean, they make it in pizza and I'm like. They might not be able to nail it. Yeah. Like that's actually, think Z- about it. That's zesty a, pickle maybe even. And then if you want to. Hmm. It depends if you wanted on, to do that, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want yeah, to wouldn't. either, but there are some crazy. Take stuff. all the pickles off everything. Ooh, um, so I another agree. one. And this one Tex and I both had. <laughs> But it was the House Ag Chair announces bill to support small cattle farmers. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. These government getting involved more in the the meat industry always freaks me out a little bit. Um, I mean, the good news is it's obviously aimed at the smaller process or smaller rancher. The bad news is once the government gets its hands in something, it's it's over. It's going to create more red tape for everybody. Um, but it says the bill creates a new program that strengthens strengthens the federal safety net and makes insurance. Why won't that move? I've got this little white dot there that I can't get. So I'm assuming that's an insurance. Uh, hit, hit, uh, hit escape. Yes. Tricks of the trick. Anytime there's something on the screen you don't know how to get rid of and it's escape. like there, hit escape. Okay. Yeah. Um, and makes insurance product Products work better for small cattle farmers and ranchers, both in terms of coverage and accessibility. The second pillar establishes a grant program at USDA to help small farmers and ranchers and produce owner cooperatives to undertake innovative business initiatives. So that part I like. It sounds very vague. It's very, very vague. But if it means that you can have a co-op of five ranchers and they can pool their resources and open a slaughtering plant. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. It makes sense in my mind and it decentralizes the power, the responsibility um, from the ridiculously huge plants that something goes wrong there and all of a sudden, uh-oh, a fifth of the US beef supply can't get yeah. to market. Yeah, and and for our own benefit. I mean, we deal with the small to mid-sized processor. That has that's nothing who, to do with That's it. who we care about the most. That's who we take care of, who comes to us for help. Um, I All around from just our side of things, it all sounds better. But. Yep. Uh, we've got 
Tight supplies of meat and poultry combined with strong demand to boost retail prices. Just last week, we were talking about how prices had fallen. Mm -hmm. So that was a short little reprieve that we got there. I hope everyone enjoys roller coasters uh -huh. because going back to the, the, the drought and the beef that are increased number of beef that are getting slaughtered. We're just going to see prices going up and down from that. It's we're, we're going to be on a roller coaster ride mm -hmm. here for a while. Prices might not come down from that. They might be looking out what's coming on the back end of that and just being like, well, we're just going to leave them either where they are or continue to climb them. To be honest, yeah, probably what will happen is uh, they probably paid less for a lot of those cattle um, to yep. slaughter them, and they're probably not going to lower the prices, probably <laughs> keep the prices high because they can. And because uh, they're going to they be coming, so. coming off of a drought, it's going to be an inferior product as well. So you're going to end up paying the same amount for, same or more possibly for lower quality. Very unfortunate. Um, but after making a strong run to end 2021, fed cattle prices have largely flattened in recent months. However, cost of grain for feedlot operators has risen considerably, further complicating operational efficiencies. Uh, we expect this to continue through the fall period, although packer margins have compressed considerably over the 12 months, they remain elevated from a historical perspective. <sighs> yeah, so it, we're going to go back to 2020, mid-2020 to 2021, John, who ate less steak. Oh. That's what's going to end up happening. And you guys all remember Great. how just, moody I yeah, was. Yeah, going to be grumpy time. again. Yep. <laughs> just constant anger. Uh, one from uh, Consumer Reports, is your meat safe to eat? Short answer is yes. Cook it correctly and move on. Um, but it did have some interesting information in it. Uh, one of the, the things that I found really interesting and that we don't consider. And I think like when we talk about why is ground meat different than a steak, why do you have to cook that to 160 where you can cook a steak to like, you know, 125. And we tend to think of that being because bacteria, microorganisms, everything like that grows on the outside of the steak. Very little, if any of it grows in the muscle. Their point was that ground beef when you buy it at a supermarket, it may have come from six different cattle. Mm. Like that is not one cattle's ground beef you're getting there. So if just one of those cattle's cattle beef had any bacteria, E. coli, anything growing on it, it is now infected Everywhere. everything else it touched. So I thought that was an interesting idea. It's There's not something point. we generally think of mostly because we grind our own meat for the most part. I like the place that was putting pictures of cows on the steak and it would give you their name and a little backstory. Oh, like this is so-and-so? Oh, it's probably just PETA. Trying it to was PETA. Oh, okay. It was PETA, yeah. But that was the joke that people were like, oh, this is great, like, great customer average. service. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. like, oh, it's like, <laughs> no, never mind. No, it's a good, I, I thought it was a funny practice, so. But it does, if I saw, like, a picture of a cow with a name, it's like, this is, I would 100% buy that one. I want to look for one that has my name. <laughs> it's like the coke okay, thing. Yeah. Where's John? I want to be John. Hold on. You guys have one with no H. I want this to be accurate. Real quick. We talked about last week the fake meat that they're making taste like human. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Because then I wouldn't want to look for my name. No. <laughs> so I had to look up real quick since this report's talking about ground meat. Is it safe to eat? Who gets sick with 
different things. Um, the amount of people that get sick with food poisoning in the U.S. each year, according to the CDC, is one out of six. 46% of those are from leafy vegetables. Yeah. 20, I think it's a 28% is from uh, protein, beef, pork, chicken. In like, this... Um, in this article, okay. Since 2018, outbreaks of food poisoning associated with raw meat have sickened at least 1,200 people. That's not bad. What? Yeah. Who, that's that, a, that's, a, that's a, a sweet number. That's yeah. the unbelievably small number. And, and There's out of how many? Yeah. What are they? Millions of people get food poisoning every year. <laughs> You're not making the point you thought you were making there. Jeez. I don't think we've, I, now that you say that number, I don't think I've ever been a part of that statistic. Then it's just like they're not counting, I don't know minor illnesses i guess ones that wouldn't go to the hospital for that wouldn't even get documented but so when we went up to um iowa state one of the really interesting things that he told us uh Sindelar, jeff Sindelar was telling us it's like you can have say a hundred cells of salmonella eat that you're probably not even going to notice you have a thousand cells you might have to go to the hospital you know you're going to be sick if you have like 10 cells of E. coli, you're in for a bad oh, time. The E. Like, coli is the billionaire. Significantly more wow. problematic than salmonella, which is funny because you hear way more about salmonella. It's just funner to say, I think. <laughs> is it? Salmonella. E. coli? I, hey, it depends on how aggressive you want to get with your words. Okay. To me, I don't know. It rolls off the tongue. What about you, yeah. Austin? What's much funner to say? Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd go with salmonella unless, <laughs> okay. unless, unless, <laughs> unless with E. coli, you threw in the 0157H7, whatever oh, it is. Uh, now Why would sounds, you want to say that? That sounds brutal. I changed my I'm answer. I'm not going to remember that. I forget. It, yeah. Do we know the major differences of, now that we're on the topic of salmonella slash E. coli? I mean, E. coli is like a fecal. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Material and salmonella is. Well, like now it makes sense as why it's way more brutal. Man, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, you, you were about to say something when I jumped in with the Iowa State story. I don't remember. Okay. What was I when thinking? when Patrick asked you that question and you were thinking <laughs> about was, it, I, I thought he was questioning every decision he's ever made that brought him to this point. He's like, I can't believe well, I yeah, have to no, weigh in on this. That's I was like, I was like, well, it's an obvious joke because I said it so fast. And he's sitting there pondering it. And I was just like, oh boy, he's going for it. But uh, when was the last time you guys got uh, foodborne illness? I actually, I know the exact time. Oh, oh. I mean, and I don't know that Austin knows that I got sick from this. You ate raw meat like six was, months No, ago. that was fine. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing. So what could take you down? Um, many years ago, when we first started doing these videos, uh, I was cooking turkeys and I had them in the smoker and left for lunch, came back and they were done. I was like, oh, okay. Like that was fast. <laughs> I expected them to be in there for many more hours. So I go, I pull him out and Austin's looking at him. He's like, those don't look done. And I just started eating them. I'm like, well, it's delicious. I'm like, I think it's done. <laughs> wow. And then Dylan was like, hey, uh, I think what happened was the probe, you had it in the meat and I think it just slipped through and went into the cavity. It's like, so it just instantly read 165 and Shut up. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And I had, <laughs> I had a pretty bad case <laughs> for the next couple of days oh. of that. But uh, yeah, that was the last, so that was Gross. five years ago, four years ago. 
Had to be four years ago. This is horrible timing. Two days. (laughs) (laughs) I I went through a not so good thing on Monday. (laughs) What what did you eat? I don't know. But you don't know that it's foodborne. I don't just had a stomach bug. I could have, but the chances (laughs) is that it came from something I ate. I mean, (laughs) if it acted that quick and there wasn't. Did anyone else in your house get it? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, that was probably food boy. Probably the yeah. sprouts again every time. And, oh, yeah. did you have sprouts on anything? No, I don't. Yeah, I that's sprouts. That's the one you have to avoid. But yeah, uh, perfect timing. Yeah, <laughs> horrible timing for this episode. Yeah, <laughs> don't get food poisoning. <laughs> All right, next uh, from hometown station it says Bitcoin could be the future of the meat industry. The basic takeaway from the article is a big problem in meat processing is tracing where your beef actually came from and bitcoin that's like the made major thing about the blockchain right it does give that ability being on the blockchain so it's interesting do i think it'll happen no but maybe coincidentally bitcoin has got up like 28 percent in the last 48 hours yeah uh those it's right around i have no like i don't pay attention to it but like a few weeks ago i saw all the dudes that got famous and rich from Bitcoin. Bitcoin and stuff, they were complaining that it it plummeted or whatever. No. But my buddy John, he's like, they're just saying that so that they can just buy it when everyone sells all their shares. And then, sure. like you're saying, 48 hours ago, it just hit big. So. It's going back up. I mean, uh, there's there's a trend. I mean, there's a trend. I can't spot what it is, but it's I'm not not even a player in the game. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something called the havening that happens. And <laughs> this is somewhat on track. for That's that, a real so. term. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I got to do my research now. You don't. <laughs> you really don't. All right. Uh, nope. We're going to skip that story. Um, that one. Just go on past it. You can read my my note on it. <laughs> I wrote just out of anger. Um, so livestock cattle, hog futures climb on U.S. hot spell, firm meat prices. So wholesale beef prices increased. Choice cuts of box beef rose by $1.64 to $270 per hundredweight on Monday, and select cuts were up 87 to 242 per hundredweight, according to the USDA. So I, I, our roller coaster prediction is probably wrong. It's probably the up part of the roller coaster, but that's it. Just continually go up until whatever eventually resets the market. Wait, so I don't understand. Why are prices going up so much if there's going to be that much more supply? makes no sense at all it's almost like there's collusion on what the prices should be i mean i know that would be that would never that would be wrong there's another lawsuit against the big four another one by cisco really cisco is suing Ah. yeah so that one actually could get a little bit interesting cisco does enough enough. they got some weight behind Mm -hmm. them but there's not enough information on it to make it even worth really talking about other than in passing um but it's pretty interesting uh, this is one also that Tex had in there. It's uh, where's the beef? So it's held back by the USDA. I've got a little bit here, and we've talked about this in the past. Um, Upton St. Clair's The Jungle, which I had to read in, I think, elementary school. Which Seriously? Which is ridiculous to have an elementary school reader or read it. But I, I'm pretty sure I was in fifth grade when I read it because they handed it out in, like, printed paper. Anyways, it says, uh, American meat regulation began 
after activist Upton Sinclair worked undercover at a meatpacking plant and wrote the book, The Jungle. It became a huge bestseller. Sinclair's goal was to advance socialism. But his book became famous for exposing unsanitary conditions like rat infestations and rotting carcasses. The outcry over that led Congress in 1906 to declare that any meat sold must get a stamp of approval from the United States Department of Agriculture. So before then, you could just kill something and sell it, as you should be able to. Said, what did inspection entail? An absurd (laughs) technique called poke and sniff. To find tainted meat, federal bureaucrats stuck little spikes into carcasses and then smelled the spikes. The process was ridiculous. The inspectors used the same spike over and over again, plunging them into multiple animals. Poking and sniffing sometimes made things worse by spreading disease from one carcass to the next. I would argue that the government has never made anything worse. And that is clearly propaganda by this author. Obviously, I'm joking there. Here is the shocking part and why I included this part. Have you already read ahead? Uh Uh-huh. I could not believe this. Of course, governments do ridiculous things and regulators, once they start doing them, keep doing them. The feds didn't stop poke and sniff until the late 1990s. I want to fact check that no fed's real. To be honest, one of the things we can go over and talk to Kurt and go talk to Brett. That's fair. Be like, hey, do you because we started I wish I wish my grandpa was still here because he started things in 86. He would know for sure because he worked for a processor. And then uh, right before he started uh, Brownstone Supply. But then Kurt and Kurt worked for Holly Harnids before my grandpa and dad bought them. So Kurt's been in since before 96 sometime brett joined in 96 so they should have some sort of knowledge in there if they were doing that into the late 90s but here are three articles right away that say from 1906 to 1990s that's crazy i mean are you kidding me i graduated high school in 1998 they were still doing this when i was a senior (laughs) in high school wow I mean, wow, that's insane. Some of it kind of makes sense because no, it I, doesn't. Well, uh, I I sniff meat and go, that's fine. Yeah, but you're gonna, not a it's regulator. Gonna, it's going to cover a very small amount of what's okay and what's yes. not because there's a lot of things that there's no smell to. Uh huh. So didn't this guy just get sick two days ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also you might not be the best to judge of that. Did I tell you about the steak I had to throw away here like a month ago? Two months ago? No. How long has Justin been here? Longer two, than that. Two, three months. months? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So one of his first days I went and wanted to go over like reverse searing and why we do what we do. So I went and got two steaks. Open them up put them down on a cutting board and kind of smelled something bad, but I was like, eh, maybe he let one rip. No big deal. <laughs> smell went away. Sure, I was like, yeah. all good. <laughs> so smell went away. You just got used to it. <laughs> season one end or season one side, season or both sides of one steak, go to flip one of the steaks over. As soon as I flip it over, like the smell goes, I'm like, oh, that is bad. Ooh. So I took it to Dylan and had him smell. He's like, do not eat that. The best by date was three days in the future. Mm. so don't you can't just go by that like yeah and you can't cook spoilage out of food once mm. it's spoiled it's spoiled it's you can make gonna, it safe it can make it yeah it could be safe to eat but, but it's, it's still nev- gonna mm-hmm. it's still gonna taste bad. it's gonna taste bad texture is right. probably gonna be off and it's just yeah gonna be unappetizing all around yeah you know what i used to think i wasn't a big like uh texture mouthfeel don't do that 
Um, you got through the entire uh, beaver tail thing without saying it. I think it was because you were so upset about how bad it was. <laughs> I, I was never brought it I up. I was just on the verge of puking yeah. the entire time. Oh. And, yeah, it was yeah. so funny. The, pro- it, the promo for that that's running right now, it's just like a 30-second thing of him just... <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I guess I am a, a, a texture guy because I hate mashed potatoes. I hated that. Beaver tail, you don't even though the taste was okay. You don't even judge food for taste. You just go, oh, you know what? No, no, can't do good. it. Speaking of mashed potatoes, you got lucky. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I was asking questions and poking around meat just sticks this weekend and was asking people I saw the like, barbecue. suggestions yeah. for mashed potatoes. And I was going to do that this week. And well, one, we were gone Friday. Um, yeah, we got to talk about that. I was gone almost the whole day Monday. I was gone the whole day Tuesday. Today's just been back and forth. Trying and, to catch up. Yeah, getting yanked around. So I just haven't had time. But you you are, I, we'll see how, how crazy I get with it. But I'm going to end up making a lot of mashed potatoes because I'm going to find one that you, you that you like. So everybody in my extended family, everybody in my friend group, absolutely adore my mom's mashed potatoes. So it's not the fact that I haven't had access to good mashed potatoes. I just don't like it. When I make you mashed potatoes that you like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to say that I'm a better cook than your mom. We should do a mashed mashed potatoes, mashed potato uh, taste off or whatever we bring in. I'm not eating more than like, I will try it. Like you tried the beaver tail, but that's it. I'm not trying 50 different types of three different mashed potatoes. You tried three different (sighs) beaver tail. All right, fine. Well, I'll I'm gonna that. I'm gonna bring, but it in, can't be a will barbecue. No, no, it's probably can, just a podcast segment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying I'm gonna bring in uh, the best mashed potatoes ever. The the ones you microwave from Bob Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not in a bind. You got five minutes. Uh, as far as texture, that's better than than the pouch ones for sure. It's an upgrade. So. To be honest, sometimes they're they're <laughs> better than regular potatoes in my opinion because if you don't mash them right, and then you end up you end up with kind of yeah, you end up with texture that you're like oh yeah. Now the box ones, you just you know what you're getting. Just to prove that I I would be open to like if I liked them, I would say it. I've always like you my me. entire life. I've hated ricotta cheese. Mm. Had some at uh, what is it? The, uh, the place on tap, campus, the social tap, the social tap. It was awesome. They had a pesto and some crushed red pepper, like chili sauce on it. And it was great. Texture still wasn't awesome, but like the taste was sure. awesome. So I'm, I'm open to liking them. I just know that I won't. Here, one of the potatoes has to have ricotta cheese in it now, too. So. Don't do that. <laughs> one, of them, one of them is going to be like a loaded, like twice baked potato type of thing. There because you, you can't say no to that. Yes, I can. I hate no. baked potatoes. I, the you only like, type of potatoes. You don't like baked potatoes? The only type of potatoes I like are french fries. You don't like sweet potatoes? Uh, I mean, I'll eat them, oh. but I don't love them. With then, like the works, with the marshmallows and the sauce. and the, Yams? The We're what? talking about like the candied yams? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I mostly just eat the, the marshmallows <laughs> and yeah. the sugar sauce mostly. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that how it always ends on like thanks Thanksgiving? Like you have you have a plate of them, and like all the marshmallows and stuff is gone, and only like half of yeah. the, the yeah. Yams you're are always gone. throwing them. You're raking those out for sure. You yeah. go, ah, who wants? Don't, that? I don't really want that <laughs> stuff. So I have another idea. If you like French fries, um, I saw this recipe the other day, and I haven't haven't tried it yet. But it was basically like uh, mashed potato French fries. Oh, I you, saw you, that. You basically take them, you freeze them, and then you bread them and deep fry them and you can make them as big or as small as you want but you could you can make okay. them pretty thin and i was and about do, to say yeah. my 
my stupid thing again with deep frying. <laughs> about to say that again. And I was like, no, that's not true. Um, all right. So real quick, we were gone last Friday. Uh, we were at a pass it on outdoor mentors, uh, golf tournament. I wonder if they would tell us how much money they raised off that. We can find out. Cause that was such out. a cool event that honestly, I, that's the only time like I go play golf anymore is fundraisers. Yep. Hands down. That's the best golf fundraiser. Like I've been to ever. Absolutely. Was it like all the games that they had going on there? Just the general environment. So you guys have met Brittany. She's been on the podcast twice. Mike has been on the podcast at least twice. Couple other, a couple other of the Pass It On people. Brittany is now the vice president, which is great. I mean, that torch has to be passed at some point. Um, and Mike was down in Argentina shooting doves, so he wasn't at this one. So You this were so concerned about Mike. I thought he... But you never know. Yeah. You never know. So like I went up and asked Brittany at the end and she's like, oh no, he's down in Argentina shooting doves. I was like, oh, well then forget him. <laughs> um, but anyways, so they did this thing where you could buy a golf ball and it was a hundred dollars, but you took it with you from hole to hole and it was your mulligan ball. There were some rules with it, but it was a great idea. At the end of it, if you passed in, or if you signed it and gave it in, you were entered into a, somebody would win $500. So I was hoping we would win that. I also, they had some raffle items. So I bought some raffle tickets. Not many though. I think I only bought $20 worth. Yeah. I bought so many more tickets than you, you and I didn't get jacked. I put one in to a cigar, two into whiskey, one into optics and one into a crossbow. Never knew I wanted a crossbow. You only put one in the crossbow? One into the crossbow. Now I'm pissed because I did put more than one in the crossbow. So <laughs> they're drawing everything and you know, I didn't expect to win anything. I bought $20. I Anything I donate or buy from passing on outdoor mentors, I look at as almost a tax on me for not having kids, but wanting good kids to be around, right? Like you want yeah. them to turn into good people. So like, fine, I'll give them money, no problem. But I won the Mission Sub One crossbow. Um, no idea like what it cost, anything like that. It had a, it comes with a scope, uh, the claw, so like the quiver goes right underneath it. It has a decocking feature. Um, went home and looked it up. It is more expensive than any of the guns I own. Even my overpriced AR, as long as you take out the uh, red dot magnifier I put on it. So so it's available in retail stores, like the model you have, you uh -huh. can buy it right now? Okay. Yep. It's was, a Mission Sub 1. I was making sure it wasn't like a special one of mm -hmm. one for this event. That's nope. cool, dude. Nope. But I did mess it up. Uh, and I told everybody on Mechistics this already, so I'm not breaking any news here. The decocking feature, I remember from when I had to take Hunter safety, they always said, never fire it empty to decock it. You should have a decocking arrow. But I was too excited like when I started playing with it, so I cocked it. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I don't have a decocking arrow. What am I going to do? So I started reading the manual because, of course, I cocked it before I read anything in the manual. <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, this new decocking feature. I was like, awesome. So I decocked it. I was like, oh, that is so cool. Cocked it, decocked it, cocked it, decocked it, cocked it, decocked it. And then they gave me a block. Uh, so I went in my backyard, shot an arrow. And as soon as it, as soon as I shoot it, I noticed that, like, the string is, looks like it's coming unwound. And I was like, all I, well, one of the things I remember the most from the crossbow section was never fire a crossbow with a frayed string. I was like, oh God, like I probably just cost myself $400 to have this restrung. Turns out it's just something called the server that 
protects the actual string. So I just need to take it down to diamond archery. Um, but hopefully this year I will get to go January crossbow hunting for deer. Or turkey hunting. Turkey hunting. Or goose hunting right. in my backyard. Last week we talked about human flesh. So are you going to go human hunting? No, no, no. We didn't talk about human flesh. We talked about the taste of human flesh. True. But we have to remember from like three or four podcasts ago, we can't talk about these things because people take you out of context. <laughs> you can get the police called on you. Here, yes, so. yes. So does this crossbow look like the Norman Reedus one from like the first season of Walking yes. Dead? Okay. So very like similar. That. So you have to then. So, so it's a little bigger than that, but yeah. So if you similar. missed a shot, how quickly would it take you to reload, so to speak? Five seconds. Oh, okay. So nothing too. No. That was always my concern. Like when people pick a crossbow for their apocalypse weapon, I was like, you got like one shot, unless it's one of those ones where it like racks itself. I, I, I'm sure I don't I'm, think those ones I, actually yeah, exist. Ex yeah. I'm like, I'm using the term. Blue. Yeah. I go, There's no way that could be Mythbusters a did one on that. And I only know that because Joe Hell, um, I was talking to him about it yesterday sometime. And he was like, yeah, Mythbusters, when they did their uh, Gatling crossbow, was uh, working with me to get, like, the strings right. I was like, you worked with <laughs> Mythbuster? And like, what? what have you done? So he used to be big on the in the archery cool. scene. But, oh, yeah, so I thought cool. that was pretty cool. Um, also, we are going to have him on the podcast here in the next couple of months. Um, we've talked about it a little bit, but he's doing really interesting stuff with sausage. So psilocybin mushrooms. It's just, but that's jerky. Oh, so that's yeah, it's that's jerky. Different. Okay, yeah, yeah. But just like his regular things, he's doing is he, yeah. He he just makes crazy stuff. He's gone like yeah. beyond whatever you would call like art artisanal <laughs> into like experimental. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's using psilocybin on jerky, so it, it's cool. I think we'll we'll all get a kick out of talking. To Do him you about guys it. ever compare uh, like what he's doing in the meat processing realm to like people when they make their own beer and beverages at home? Like I just yeah, until, that's kind of fair. Until you put it in, it's kind of such plain black and white. I never even grouped them together. But he's almost like a novice who got hired on at a brewery, who then almost instantly became the head brewer. Oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. So like, all right, well, he, this guy clearly has an affinity for this. Let's just let him yeah, run the sausage. That's so cool. So, that's pretty cool. All right. We got anything else? No, not that I can Once again, we forgot to say, uh, leave a review at the beginning of it, but oh. whatever. If you stuck with us this long, please leave a review. You obviously like us so, or hate cool. us. Oh, yeah. The, Either way, if they leave a positive review, do we care? <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> and if it's bad, I usually just delete <laughs> it. We so. just get rid of that anyways. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out the Meatistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to waltonsinc.com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.